welcome to another exciting edition of the Brain Ladle Trivia Podcast. I am your host and MC and overall swell fella, Davo. Wow. Huh. With me today is another swell fella, Kells. Why, thank you, my good son. Hello, everyone. And yet another swell fella, Andy. I am Spartacus. <laughs> and yet another swell fella, the Sensei Neil. I'm so swell, I'm swollen. Ew. Swole. And finally, we have returning to us, the Sifu, Barry. Hello, everybody. Hi, Barry. Hey, Barry. Welcome back. Yeah, great to be back. Long time no talk to. Yeah. yeah. So, Sensei, what are we doing tonight? Uh, I don't know. I kind of got tired and didn't feel like doing anything. So <gasps> I hope I was kind of hoping one of you might have something for us to do. No, I don't have anything. I could whip up some Batman trivia real quick. Oh, Lord. Yay. Let um, me whip this out. <laughs> the Seifu will come to the rescue. What? I have prepared a challenge. Now, Andy, you know that I like to yank your chain. Uh, uh-huh. But this isn't uh-huh. a chain gang. But we are, you are going to go solo against the Brain Ladle Trust. Okay. They're going to gang up on you in your specialty, rock and roll music. So now, that's the sound of men working on the chain gang, is what you're saying. There you go. Okay. Yes, yes. Now, <sighs> I will tell you straight up that the Beatles is not an answer to the, one of the questions. Because it's, because it's an answer remember, to all the questions. <laughs> I asked you a question about the Beatles one time, and I stumped you. And you told me that there was a place in hell reserved for me. There so is. So I'm not going to go there. Okay. There is. Okay. Yep. It's and, called uh, Easy Motel, the first... by the way, if you're curious. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Roach Motel. I've been there. Um, <laughs> we have, we have uh, six categories, four questions per category, and then we have the final round. And there are 10 answers to that question. Actually, there's going to be 11. All right. And we'll throw in a few bonuses here and there. Um, the first category is not going to, the name isn't going to be revealed until after the first question. And I'll give you a clue here that there are a few questions or answers, which might reference other answers or questions. Okay. So keep that in mind. But, uh, before we get started with the questions, uh, somebody just walked in and wants to say a few things. Lyric bot 5000. Oh no. Oh, Sorry, you won't get to hear me sing you any lullabies tonight. What? This is the anti rock and roll music challenge, which means almost all of the questions relate to music from 1955 to the late 1970s, which means no hip hop, rap, or grunge. Wow. You will undoubtedly learn some things here and hopefully have fun. Lots of trivia nuggets, as we, in the business, call it. As my friend Barry says, he is here to educate and entertain you. Are you ready to rock and roll? <laughs> Are you ready to rock and roll? Well, are you guys ready to rock and roll? I Let's was born ready. I want to rock. <laughs> all right. So question number one. At least 50 song titles contain this word or item, including a very famous blues song written by Kokomo Arnold, 
and made famous by blues legend Robert Johnson. Hmm. Now, that song was covered by Elvis, Aerosmith, George Strait, The Kinks, Willie Nelson, and Commander Cody. Another set of songs with that same word as the single title was done by the Kings of Leon and by Garbage. Herman's Hermits sang a song about it and said there was none of it today. What's the single word that's used in all of these songs? My understanding is Andy's going to get the answer first, and then the gang will get to discuss. Wow, I uh, I really <laughs> felt like I should have been taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, that kind of uh, that kind of caught me off guard because uh, it kept going. You know, it was, <laughs> sorry, Andy. That's the it, longest uh, question of the night. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly not that smart. And I think the show has proved that over the years. And that was kind of a hard one. I've got down between two. I'm locked in. Okay. What say you guys? I say, oh boy. <laughs> no, I don't think that's it. No. <laughs> So, I think Barry is poking a little fun, mm-hmm. and I based that on. I didn't get any of oh, that until we I got feel so to, much better about my answer now. I should have kept my mouth shut until we got to when he mentioned garbage. Yeah, they Brunch. have a song on their first album, their self-titled album, which is called Milk. And so Ooh. that would kind of fit with the Herman Hermits one, maybe, but there's no milk today. But apart from that, I don't have anything. I think I, I think you're I, on the right track. I, I think you're right. I, I think Robert Johnson has a song like um, is it malted milk, mm, malted I, milk, and just to yeah, Andy, Andy and milk don't really mix. Get along. Yeah, yeah, they don't get along. I mean, unless it's been turned into gravy, he doesn't really. Uh, Cream gravy. Yeah. (laughs) So milk is your answer? Yeah, we're going to. Yeah, we're going going milk. milk. Andy, what did you say? You know what? I honestly didn't make the connection you were making fun of me. And I was baffled, (laughs) which I should have. I know. As soon as I say that, like, how could I not notice? Um, I was completely baffled by all of your clues. And the only thing I could cobble together was I know Herman's Hermits had a hit, No Milk Today. And so, but I can't fathom what Robert Johnson's song has milk in it, but that's all I could come up with. So I put down milk. Wow. Well, Andy, we just wanted to make fun of you for your love of the milk questions. Yeah. And so this was all done (laughs) at your expense. I appreciate it. The correct. <laughs> so, so that's actually not one of the quiz questions, but we oh, wanted to have fun. Oh, okay. So no. that's just <laughs> no credit. So these guys no. were in on it. I no. was. They were. Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't. No. <laughs> that's, why was. that's why it's so hilarious because you guys just worked it out very clearly and calmly. <laughs> I couldn't even get to the bit where I'm like, hmm, him, ha, him, ha. It's milk, Andy, you bastard. <laughs> If he had not tacked on the hermits, hermits thing at the end of it, I would have gone with love. Well, mm. it is milk because it, it song was called Milk Cow Blues, and uh, Herman's Hermits oh. did have "There's No Milk Today." Milk Cow so, Blues. Milk Cow Blues. Milk there you go. Blues. 
Well, let's get to the actual real question. First question. (laughs) Okay. In rock and roll. Who was the first major white act to perform at the Apollo Theater, a historic black music venue? Hmm. Holy crackers. Hmm. I have a thought. I have a thought as well. I'm locked in. What's your thought, Davo? My thought was Jerry Lee Lewis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't really think of anything better. Because that's probably, but that might be a little too early. When was Buddy Holly popping? Or um, early, well, early to mid fifties. Oh, I have not the slightest idea. You guys want to go with Jerry Lee Lewis then? I have no no problem with that. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, we're locked into. Got it, Andy. What say you? Pretty sure it's Buddy Holly and the Crickets. Okay. And you guys locked in with Jerry Lee Lewis. Yep. The correct answer. If you remember the uh, the movie, the Buddy Holly story, yes. that was a famous scene in there. And mm-hmm. it was Buddy Holly and the Crickets. So, Kells, you said the right answer. <laughs> like I knew. <laughs> <I'm old enough. laughs> well, and I tell you, Buddy Holly was so instrumental in rock and roll that the Beatles took their name as a tribute to the band The Crickets. It's so true. That's a little bit of uh, trivia nougat, as uh, LBK says. Oh, I got that so, nougat. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got that nougat there. So the uh, the theme, by the way, is called The Day the Music Died. That is the oh, first category. Okay. That would help me out. Crap. Uh, but all right. Don McLean, great hit, American Pie, mm-hmm. features the lyrics which says, I can't remember why I cried the day I heard or uh, when I read about the widowed bride, but something touched me deep inside the day the music died. Buddy Holly was, of course, killed, and that's the basis of the song. Who were the other two artists who died with them? Andy, you got to have both of them. The others, I'll give five points each. Okay. And I have a bonus. Okay. What was the day the music died? The other guys only have to tell me a month and a year. Crap. I can do the month and the year. <laughs> Are you serious? I don't know what day. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you it was a Sunday night. It was. Wow. This is. <laughs> this is going to be terrible. <laughs> right. nah, I got this. Oh, okay. We, we do have a Neil. We do have a Neil. Yeah, well. Yeah, don't Neil? forget. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I'm such a Buddy Holly fan, I can even tell you who was piloting the plane. I, I don't know if Neil's still with us. He might have just left. I could not tell you who piloted the plane. I know it was a very young man that wasn't that should not have been piloting the plane that night. That's correct. I was waiting for Andy to lock in. I wasn't sure if he had. Oh, I'm locked in. Okay. So the the people who died, I know, were Richie Valens and uh, the Big Bopper. I didn't know that. That's all I know about this it was a it was snowy Mm. yeah so so winter presumably right one would hope i think it it was in the late 50s Mm -hmm. 58 or 59 okay well you guys pick a month in a year i like 59 okay um okay let's pick a month oh man uh february Okay. All right. 
My sister was born in February. Andy, what say you? It's uh, Richie Valens and the Big Bopper. Uh, the Big Bopper's real name is J.P. Richardson. Uh, it was February of 59. Um, it was a Sunday night. But I could not tell you uh, what day, so I'm just going to go right in the middle and say February 14th. Oh, no, it's dumb because it's Valentine's Day. That would have been no. Can I guess? too late. That's what I locked in with. All right. Go ahead. I'd like to guess today since I'm assuming Andy is right. So I, I did, this is my sister's birth month. So I'm going to just round it on out and say February 2nd. Oh, you're so close. It was the Big Bopper and Richie Valens. And Big Bopper was, of course, J.P. Richardson. And it was February 3rd, 1959. <laughs> so close. <laughs> so, But you guys get credit because you had the month and the year. Oh. And, and, I'm, and I'm being a little hard on Andy, but uh, that's because he uh, no, that's, that's the rules. I get it. He, he's the guru. All right. Question number three. This famous song was written by Chris Christopherson and Fred Foster. It was originally performed by Roger Miller in 1969, but in 1971, Jerry Lee Lewis released a version that actually reached number one on the country charts. The most famous version by far reached number one by a very famous artist, and it helped define the artist's very short career. Name this song. Written by Chris Christopherson and Jerry Lee Lewis had a country hit with it. Wait a minute. I'm totally... I have an easy mode. And this uh, is still the day the music died theme, so it's... It, it has... Yep, yeah, correct. That's a country song. <laughs> I know like five country songs ever. I will give you a clue. This version that I'm looking for, the most famous version, definitely was not country. Huh. It was more soulful. Well, it's not boot scoop boogie. So no. I, I need to have clarification. <laughs> um, for the category of the day the music died, are we talking about any musician that died young? Or are we talking about specifically the the artists that died in February '59? Great, in the great question, great question. And the answer is any artist that died young. Oh, then I know what this is. Okay, that's why I was so baffled. I'm locked in. <laughs> wow. Okay. That was. We're restricting our answers to just that plane crash. <laughs> I can only think of ten. <laughs> no, there was no way Chris Christopherson wrote a hit for anybody on that plane. And that's why I was just completely no, no, baffled. <laughs> Honestly, My I was apologies. pretty confused by that, it's too. All right. all right. Well, I'll unconfuse you. Sorry about that. We are, we are. Do you guys want the easy mode? No. Uh, oh. Oh, oh. No. So what no. are we thinking, uh, Sensei? Well, I'll tell you what I'm thinking. Okay. So yeah. it's a song that could be a country song, but mm -hmm. could yeah. be kind of bluesy. Mm-hmm. And so then I was starting to think of a bluesy kind of singer who died young. And that made me think of Janis Joplin. Mm. And then, so now you got to think of Janis Joplin songs. And the one that came to mind is um, called uh, Me and Bobby McGee. Yeah, Bobby McGee. So huh. you want the song? That that's That's what I think we should go with, but. You guys, I still feel like I'm in the April Fool's episode, but okay. 
No, I I like the Bobby McGee answer. I like, I like it better now after Andy said that. So yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm more than willing to roll with that, sir. Because Jimmy right. Dehenders never really did anything that was kind of bluesy rock that would have been a that could have been a country song, as far as I could tell. All right. Well, we're we're locked in with Bobby McGee. All right, and Andy, what did you say? Uh, me and Bobby McGee by Janis Joplin. Legend has it. Chris Christopherson was livid when he found out that Janice had covered it. Then when he heard it, uh, he, he recognized it was a really amazing version. Well, you are absolutely correct because it is me and Bobby McGee. Wow. And if you actually heard Chris Christopherson version, you'll be glad that uh, Janice recorded it because <laughs> it was not as good. <laughs> And Chris Christopherson was pretty straight up about it too. Like, wow, you, uh, yeah, that's better. You found something <laughs> there that I didn't, I didn't find. So question number four in the day the music died, a change is going to come was not initially a major hit for the singer songwriter who recorded it in 1964. The song was written as a protest to support the civil rights movement and has since become the, we'll call it anthem or theme for the civil rights era. Who was the famous artist who recorded it? Locked in. Locked in. Okay. Right. I'm going <laughs> to have another sip of beer. Andy. Sam Cook. And Kels. Sam Cook. It is indeed Sam Cook. Very good. Well, after round one, Andy, uh, what what do you what do you have for points there, Neil? For Andy, Andy has forty points. Forty points, and what do you guys have? Thirty-five points. It's oh. a close game. It's anybody's game. It is. Well, then let's go to category number two, which is women in music. Yeah. All right. All right. Question one in music. On October thirty-first, nineteen thirty-eight, at twenty-three years old, she recorded the first gospel song called Rock Me. She is considered the original soul sister and the godmother of rock and roll. Her 1944 release of Down by the Riverside is selected as one of the Library of Congress records on store. She was inducted in Rock and Roll Music Hall of Fame as an early influence. Name this early rock legend. What? Yeah. Why am I here? (laughs) I, we ask ourselves that every week. Baby. We really do. <laughs> I'm here to set you guys up for meanness toward me in the form of humor. Your wife also makes sure that we are paid handsomely. She does. Yeah, uh, that is. This is my play date for the week. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, what did you say? Sister Rosetta Tharp. All right. And what did you say, Neil and Kels? Go ahead, Kels. Sister Rosetta Tharp. You know, a Tharp is is smaller than a village. (laughs) It's a fort, but oh yeah, County, and that's why we pay you the big bucks. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll go to the actual music clip here to tell you who it is. Gonna lay down my heavy load. It was indeed Sister Rosetta Tharp, and uh, her her song is defined as as one of the early rock and roll inspirational songs. 
Very good. That's catchy. Question number two in music of women. 1977, this 21-year-old had the first number one hit to spend 10 weeks on the charts at number one on the Hot 100, 25 weeks total on the charts. The success led to her winning the Grammy for Best New Artist, as well as Record of the Year nomination and Best Performance by a Female Vocalist the same year. The Academy of Country Country Music named her as the 1977 Best Female Vocalist of the Year. She had several gospel songs for which she also won Grammys, but name this one hit wonder in rock and roll. And I have an easy mode. One hit wonder in 1977. Yeah. Who was 21 years old. Yeah. And country and rock. Yeah. Locked in. Though I wouldn't call her one. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god! I've already locked in. <laughs> I think I'm right, but I'm a little. The fact that you you're even in the in the ballpark, Andy, is why we're doing this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what are you fellas thinking? <sighs> you want to take the easy mode, boys? I am completely clueless. Yes. It's a legitimate easy mode too. It's not, not a, not easy a very mode? no. It's not a very easy mode. No, of course Our not, because he's spoon feeding the answers to you guys. Her father (laughs) had 26 top 20 Billboard hits, many of which were covers of black R&B artists and early rock and roll legends. Okay, I got it. Her father had 27 movie credits. Her in-laws include Rosemary Clooney. (laughs) (laughs) It's got to be Debbie Boone then. Does it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. Pat, Pat Boone was... He was describing Pat Boone. Oh, okay. Andy, well, that what did just you makes, say? That just makes my brown eyes blue. I went with Crystal Gale. Oh, the correct answer is Debbie Boone. Oh, Ooh. I thought you were going. And that's why I was like, I wouldn't call her one-hit wonder, but I was thinking 70s, somebody that was on the rock side and the countryside, all I could come up with was Crystal Gale. It was a good answer, but oh. it was Debbie Boone. Oh, I would have never guessed Debbie Boone until I had the super easy mode. <laughs> <laughs> Not super easy. <laughs> uh, glad you're enjoying this in good spirit. Oh, I'm having a lot of salt than a soft pretzel. <laughs> question, <laughs> question three in Women in Music. This Scottish-born singer whose real name was Marie McDonald McLaughlin Laurie, L-A-W-R-I-E, gained fame in 1964 in the UK for her version of the Isley Brothers' Shout. Her best-known song hit the Billboard 100 in 1967 for a five-week run. She was the, It was a hit song for the title of a movie of the same name in which she co-starred. Locked she in. was married to Maurice Gibb from 1969 to 1973. Name this singer. I mean, these questions are so comprehensive. They're they're just so much information. You feel like you should know it. I made some of these a little more comprehensive to uh, to get you guys on the right track. And I figured Andy would either know it or not. Talk about trivia. <laughs> I'll even give you I'll even give you a clue. She was a one-hit wonder with one name artist. With a one name artist. Maybe in the United States a one-hit wonder. 
Although she was yes, a, true. In England, she was much bigger. She yes. was a one-hit wonder with the one-name artist, or she is the one-named artist. She is the one-name artist. The one-named uh, artist. And, she, and, and it was definitely one-hit wonder in the United States. Singing her hit song. One-hit wonder. <laughs> Kels, do you have any clues? I have not the slightest idea. I'll give you a, my Andy Easy Mode. My favorite version of this song is a cover as a duet by Michael Stipe and Natalie Merchant. Oh, I knew one of those names. <laughs> so you want to lock in with my favorite answer? Go for it. Tycho Brahe. Okay. This too. <laughs> <laughs> Hit by Tycho, Tycho Brahe, yeah. It's uh, we're locking in with Sheena Easton. It's one, she's the one name artist, though. Also known as Sheena. <laughs> also Did I say it was a good answer? <laughs> Did I say it was a good answer? I mean, you could have at least gone with Sheila E if you're gonna do that. That's well, she's not from Scotland, is she? We don't know. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Neil. Andy, why don't you tell us who it is? The hit is To Sir With Love. Uh, the artist is Lulu. Oh, of course it's Lulu. Is. I saw that movie. I've heard of that name. <laughs> she did a Bond theme. Did she do Man With The Golden Gun? Uh, yeah. Yes, I she did. So. Did she? No, Lula okay. did a Bond theme. Yes, she did. Well, I stand corrected. Barry, if you had put that nugget in. Oh, yeah, I would have got it. <laughs> well, I didn't put that nugget in, but I'm glad Andy did, or so, or Kels did. So it is Lulu. Oh. So question four in women. She is the only woman to be inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a non-performer. And I have an easy mode. She is a songwriter. That's not the easy oh. one. Oh. See, I've got the wrong answer in my head and it won't go away. Oh, that's a fun game. I have a I have a guess. It's better than I guess. That's better than anything going on over here. I'll take the easy mode. Ooh. Okay. Okay, how are we gonna do that? Because I don't want the easy mode. Can I just lock We're in? We're gonna lock in. Okay. Easy mode is is she had 25 solo albums including one of the best-selling albums of all time. Well, then how is she not? See, that's, the, I, uh, I'm locked in. I knew I should just, I, this is Trixie. She's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a non-performer, just as a songwriter. But that doesn't mean she wasn't as a performer also. And that's how it's Trixie. Oh. She is not, she is not in as a performer. She is in as a non-performer, despite the album's success. Actually being, Okay. That's, I mean, yeah. I still don't know, but that's uh, I know tricky. now. Do you? Okay. Well, seeing as we started with the uh, the easy mode, let's go to uh, the three of you guys and see what you said. I locked in with Carol King because she's written a lot of really good songs. And Andy, what did you say? It's Carol King, and before she was a singer songwriter, she was just a songwriter in the Brill Building, along with her partner Geffen, to produce some of the most amazing rock hits of the early 60s. And you are correct. It is Carol King, and she had the uh, number one hit uh, album called Tapestry. It's a great album. So 
So just to be clear, Carol King is the correct answer, and she was actually inducted this year into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a performer, but she's still the only woman inducted as a non-performer. So there we go. <laughs> so after category number two, what's the score there, Neil? Uh, Andy has 65, and the trio have 60. Ooh, still a very close game. So let's go to the third category, which is firsts and seconds. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> okay. There are a number of songs that are considered by many to be the first rock and roll songs. But Rocket 88 is considered the very first, and it was recorded by a black musician, Jackie Brenstein, and the Delta Cats in 1951. It was covered by a white artist, and in 1953, this same white artist had the first rock and roll chart record with Crazy Man Crazy. The famous white artist also had the, one of the other rock and roll pioneer songs. Who was this person that had the first rock and roll chart record with Crazy Man Crazy? And I have an easy mode. Locked in. I have a notion. Mm. I don't want to go so far as to say a guess. What's your notion? Well, whenever you hear, you know, first rock and roll song kind of things, mm -hmm. you know, Bill Haley always comes up. Okay. You know, Rock Around the Clock. So maybe that was before Rock Around the Clock. Hmm. I vaguely recall that he had a hit with, uh, he did uh, Rocket 88. In fact, I thought that was his song. So I'm going right. Bill Haley. So we lock in with Bill Haley. And in 19, the easy mode was in 1954. They recorded a song that uh, eventually hit number one in 1955, becoming the first rock and roll to hit number one on the Billboard charts. And it was Bill Haley and the Comets. Very good. Andy, I'm sure you got that, right? Bill Haley in the comments, and I was also going to correct you that even though the label says Jackie Bernstein for Rocket 88, it's technically Ike Turner. Ike Turner. On vocals. I thought it was Ike Turner. Yeah, it's Ike Turner on vocals. It's Jackie Bernstein's band. It's confusing. Got it. Ooh. And by the way, the 1953 song Crazy Man Crazy was actually Bill Haley and the Saddlemen, but they oh, changed the, right. uh, the name. Because so, they were Texas Swing. That is initially. correct. Yeah. So question number two in the first and second, and I like this question. This band was the second group of the British invasion to appear on the Ed Sullivan show following the Beatles three week run in 1964. They ultimately had 18 appearances on the show more than any other British invasion group. They had 17 top 40 hits in the US between 1964 and 67. They were also included in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Name this English band. Locked in. And uh, I have an easy mode, if the trio would like it. You want the easy mode there, Neil? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'll take the easy mode. Name this quintet. <laughs> so, restate the question. So, it's five of them. Okay. Oh. It's a very easy mode. That is so cruel. It's a band. It has multiple members. That's your easy mode. <laughs> yes, that, that's the easy mode. It specifically has five. Yeah. I feel like that's a little bit too early for the kinks. 
I don't really know that much about Herman's Hermits. There's the Hollies, Rolling Stones, but I feel like the Rolling Stones had hits way past 69, so they're probably out. You want to go with the Hollies? Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know either. Kells? Come on now. Okay. <laughs> I have not the slightest idea. We're going to lock in. Guys, okay. I... Uh... Um, I, I give you props because the Hollies are uh, a band that never really made it big as a British invasion band, and they really should have. They're one of my favorite British bands. I have every single one of their albums, even to the 1970s. I uh, love the Hollies. Definitely not the Hollies. Hollies weren't that, the Hollies were huge in England, not that big in the United States until uh, really uh, the air that I breathe, which came out in the 70s. It's Herman's Hermits, which could oh, hold a candle to the Hollies and uh, probably my <laughs> least favorite British Invasion band. Really? Well, and I think this is what we call in the business a squeak. No! Ooh. Are you an experiment in artificial stupidity? If it's not Herman's Hermits, I mean, Jerry and the Pacemakers are really kind of the first ones behind the Beatles, but they were never that big. I I guess it could be the Stones. I guess it'd be my second guess. They certainly played Ed Sullivan more than once. What about the Animals? Eric Burdick and the Animals? Ooh, it's an interesting... Now, nah, Eric Burdick, it, it, you know, it seems weird to us now, but Eric Burdick and the Animals is the Metallica of the British Invasion. <laughs> yeah. um, that was a strong cup of coffee in the early 1960s. Mm. Um, and the Kinks as well were were kind of a raw edged band that would not have been on prime time. And I know the Rolling Stones meekly watered down their act for Ed Sullivan. So yeah, I guess it's the Stones. Well, the the easy mode I thought was was too easy. The quintet. It is the Dave Clark Clark Five. Five. Oh, God! Mm. Forgot about them entirely. So, yes. so so did I. <laughs> I think it would have taken me a long time to get around to the Dave Clark Five. Dave Clark Five, never heard of them. They, they had a great song called Glad All Over. They had a lot of hits. Yeah. So obviously 17 top 40 hits. Well, wow. let's uh, see if, what you do with question number three. What was the first posthumously released number one single in U.S. Billboard chart history? And I will give you a clue. The song was was co-written by guitarist Steve Cropper, but he recorded it twice, and it came out in 1968. Locked in. <sighs> First posthumous. Oh, I was leaning towards this, and then when he threw out Steve Cropper. First posthumously number one hit single, 1968. I think Jim Croce did. <laughs> I have uh, I have a guess. Oh, guess. What you thinking? Well, it's not a serious guess because I have <laughs> genuinely no clue. <laughs> Come on, man. Well, what's your guess? Yeah. Fab Five Freddy. Don't do this. You no. son of a bitch. Not on this episode. <laughs> wow. You said posthumous, and that's the first thing that popped into my mind when we talk about posthumous legends of music. It's someone who's still alive. 
Fellas, I'm not the I'm not the go-to for this quiz, guys. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Neil, you got I'll anything? Throw out a throw out a song, Kels. A song or um, like an artist, I guess. Oh, uh, or do you, you look for the song or the artist? I'm looking for the. I'll take either one. Well, uh, I can give you. Both. I'll take either one. It's extra pity. So that's right. So Jim Croce's not dead. Is that what y'all say? Like uh, <laughs> Jim Croce, he's definitely dead. Okay. Well. Well, just say Jim Croce. We don't know nothing. Not nothing. <laughs> I've got a name. I don't know. Ooh, I like Why is my name too. not okay? Fine. Because <laughs> he's not dead. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, whatever y'all want to go with, I'm fine. Okay, we're going to go with Fab Five Freddy. Oh, not you. All right. I was talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Well, let, let's go to clip four and, and we'll tell you. It's Otis ready? Hell yeah. Who's Otis Redding? I'm not familiar. Wow. All right. It is Otis Redding. Sitting on the dock of the bay by Otis Redding. It was re- it was released just shortly after his death and uh when it was originally released it really didn't do much but it was uh it rocketed to number one so the last question in the first and second category is the very first inductee into the rock and roll hall of fame in 1986 handpicked the person who would introduce him the person who introduced him is also a rock and roll legend more later than earlier but he said without this first inductee there would be no rock and roll. Who was the very first inductee into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And a five-point bonus. Who was the rock legend Hall of Famer who introduced them? They were good friends, very unlikely good friends. And I have an easy mode. I don't trust you, Barry. <laughs> this is... Name <laughs> It is, a, it is seriously, it is a super, it is an easy mode. I've been burned by you too many times. <laughs> you broke my heart, Barry. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> so I think likely candidates would be Jerry Lee Lewis mm-hmm. or uh, Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry mm-hmm. is what I was thinking. So which came first? I like uh, Chuck Berry. I thought, Chuck, I thought Chuck Berry was the was the originator. Okay. Okay, we're locked in with Chuck Berry. You want to take a guess uh, if he, who uh, would have introduced no. that person? Uh, little Richard. Okay. <laughs> Andy. I just. Do you want to? It, it it would have been impossible for Little Richard to do it only because Little Richard would have made it about himself. Um, <laughs> probably would have chastised Chuck Berry for stealing something from him. Um, wow. It is it is absolutely Chuck Berry, and it was Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones. Hail, hail, rock and roll. Chuck Berry is one of the greatest, even though he's in the Hall of Fame, he's one of the great unremarked songwriters of the, of the early rock and roll era. That is correct. It Jeez, is both Andy. Chuck Berry and Keith Richard who were unlikely friends, but great friends. And by the way, he is considered the easy mode here. The first inductee is considered the father of rock and roll. And totally uh, 
I, I agree, Andy. He is just not given enough credit. You go back everything. and listen to his his lyrics, and his lyrics are mind-blowing for that time period. Just, you know, amazing songwriter. The kids today say we're sleeping on his songwriting ability. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like Dave just wants to remind us that he's here. Right. I have to, or I'm just going to leave, y'all. Sit back down, Five Freddy. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to Well, why don't you tell us, Neil, what the score is after that round? Andy has 100 even, and the three of us are at 80 points right now. Andy is shining. Are you ready? Let's go to the next category, which is names. Famous names of rock and roll type music. All right. So this is a little bit later group, but this musical group took its name from an Australian Aboriginally custom or slang used to describe when it was extremely cold outside. Locked in. <laughs> okay. And wow. Name the band, and I do have an easy mode. Props to you, Neil. I I don't have the first clue. I'll take the easy mode. Mm. From 1969 to 1975, this group had 21 top 40 hits, including the 1971 number one hit of the year. I can only think of one Australian band from that period, but the, the it cuts off too soon for them. But I'm I'm locked in I because I can't come up with anything else. Okay. Think you read into that wrong? Yeah, he didn't say that this the band musical was Australian. Took its name. I did not say they were Australian. They took. I know, but I was just presuming. I went with the Bee Gees. The Bee Gees and Neil. What do you say? So if it's if it's kind of cold out, you might want to snuggle up with the dog. But if it's really really cold, then it's a three dog night. Oh, <laughs> I like that. It is three dog night. Very good. Neil, you pulled it. Joy of the world. Inuit thing. What three dog night? Yes, the three dog snuggly thing. Oh. Well, they they may do it too, but the story I heard a long time ago was Australian. I never knew that. See, in Minnesota, we have other terms for when it gets extremely cold out, which it tends to do a lot, but... uh, Cold as a witch's, you know what? There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Question number two in names. This rock and roll legend wrote his and his group's songs, and the biggest ones he used just his first and middle birth names of Charles Hardin. Named this rock and roll legend, and his band had eight hits in the top 40. That's it. Locked in. Almost all of his group songs under his first and middle name of Charles Hardin. Obviously, he was known by a different name. What was this rock and roll legend whose band had only eight top 40 hits? Only. Dave, what's what's Sting's real name? Gordon Sumner. (laughs) Okay. There's Sting looking for his last name in the dip. Andy locked in already, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, guys. I got this. <laughs> I got this. Okay, the so. Amateurs. 
so his real name was Charles Harden. Real That's first, his first and middle name. Middle. First and middle name. So he probably was well known with a nickname, right? More than well, you could so. say he or was a prince man. among men. <gasps> so what's a famous rock guy? Charles Harden Bone. And I'm assuming that Andy actually knows that Prince was his real name, right? Of course. He just, just thinks playing, we're not as swift games. as he is. Just playing with you. Mind games. That's what he's doing. If you rearrange the letters of Charles Harden, you get Ed Sheeran. Mm. <laughs> what about uh, what about Buddy Holly? Mm. Surely Buddy wasn't his first name, right? Well, he's from Texas. Temple. Uh, Shirley Temple's where you're thinking of. That's Shirley. Wasn't uh, Shirley I mean, Holly. I, I, if you're willing to go Buddy Holly, sure. Um, I'm willing yes, to go. let's go with Buddy Holly. Considering I have nothing else. I have nothing but horrible jokes. So let's go with, <laughs> we're going to lock in with Buddy Holly. Andy, what did you say? Charles Harden Buddy Holly. What? <laughs> Are you kidding? It is, in fact, Buddy Holly, my number one favorite rock and roll uh, person. I'm a huge Buddy Holly fan. It is Charles Harden Holly. Is that our third Buddy Holly question? That's the second one. Okay. So, (laughs) and there are no more Buddy Holly questions. So, (laughs) so question number three and names. He was born Ernest Evans in 1941, raised in South Philadelphia. At a private recording for American Bandstand, he did an impersonation of a famous singer of the day or time. Dick Clark's wife, in an attempt to at humor, compared her, him, excuse me, to the other entertainer. And Evans had a new stage name. What was Evans' new stage name? Locked in. I'll give you, I have an easy mode if you'd like it. Not yet. 20 compared to another artist of the time. I don't know why I keep thinking Stevie Wonder, but he mm-hmm. was younger than that, right? Yeah. Stevie, he was like a child singer, correct? In the 60s, I felt like he was a, a child. Okay. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that he was always little Stevie. I don't think he was. Yeah. Right. Okay. He wasn't like little Fats Domino or somebody. <laughs> first. Skinny Domino. <laughs> oh, wait, hang on. Hang on. Oh, son of a. <laughs> uh oh, what do we do? Okay, do so do? I never, I never thought about this before. Yeah, but uh-huh. Fats Domino was popular at the time, right? Right. Okay. And the name Chubby Checker is kind of like Fats Domino. Wow! <laughs> wow! I instantly like that. I love it. Instantly like that. So. (laughs) Yeah. So, So let's go with Chubby Checker. Let's do that. Let's go with Chubby Checker. (laughs) What was that, Andy? (laughs) You have any comments? (laughs) What'd you get, Andy? I have Chubby Checker. (laughs) Well. The easy mode was the famous entertainer that he was impersonating was Antoine Fats Domino. Mm-hmm. And his name was <laughs> Chubby Checker. Come on, baby. Oh, very good. Andy, feel good that 
you got it in like four seconds and it took three of us riffing and wandering yeah, but down the, it's the, the way path. Neil got it like he always does. It just Isn't that hurts. infuriating? I just, Why are you surprised? I for, I'm, I, I, I'd forgotten how aggravating it is to play against him. <laughs> I did that once or twice during our Trivial Pursuit at the beginning. Yeah. Yes, you did. yes. That was impressive, by the way. I'm, uh, I'm impressed. Good job, Neil. Kels, Kels triggered me. Oh, hey. Uh, and I helped. I did too. I said skinny domino. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number four in names. An impromptu jam session on December 4th, 1956 at Sun Records. And an article followed where they said it was the Million Dollar Quartet. Mm-hmm. Who were the four famous members of the Million Dollar Quartet? Two points each, 10 points for all four. It was my birthday. I've even seen the play. I'm locked in. I know two of them. I know know one. I can't think of anybody else. So it's probably, uh, my one is probably one of your two. I'm still working. Okay, I got three. I think. I mean, you have, Neil? I think I have three. Okay. So what I've got, you're locked in, Andy, correct? Oh, yeah. I've got Roy. Of course you are. You have that tattooed on your back. I have Roy Orbison. Weirdest tramp stamp ever. I have Johnny Cash. And I have Chet Atkins. Oh, then maybe my one will help. What's your one? Elvis. Oh. Okay, yeah. I think uh I think maybe uh Davo should making jokes wait a minute <laughs> because the ones that i had that i'm pretty confident on were uh elvis jerry lee lewis and carl perkins oh yeah okay i was thinking the wrong thing but i couldn't think of the fourth one i like johnny cash he is from my he is from my like right, johnny cash go with johnny cash he's from kingsland it's taylor swift T-Swift. So, Neil, what, let's throw Johnny Cash on your pile and put those chips in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Well, Andy, you tell us who it is because I'm sure you got it's, it. Yeah, it's 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 Elvis, Jerry Lewis, Carl Perkins, and Johnny Cash. All of them recorded under the Sun label at one time or another. They did indeed. And by the way, good pull, you guys. Uh, hey. Good pull, you guys. Hey, I got Johnny Cash. Some of us work hard for years at this, and some of us just randomly get it from riffing. Seems fair. I saw a movie once where they where that happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us, Neil, what the score is. Andy has 130, and Kells, David, and Neil have 120. It's way too close. Way too close. Well, let's go to famous cover songs. Oh, boy. I love covers. This song was written by Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller, who wrote a whole bunch of rock and roll hits. It was the only hit record for Willie Mae, Big Mama Thornton, spent 14 weeks on the R&B charts and seven at number one. But the best known version of this song was released in 1956. Locked in. And it is ranked by Rolling Stones as the number 19 greatest 
uh, song of all time. It is also the artist, recording artist's best single-selling record of all time. Name this famous song. If I'm, if I may be so bold. Yes, you may. I, I, I got a shot. Well, I, I, unless y'all have a, a guess. Nope. I have a guess. Nothing. Nada. Nope. Uh, I have a, a thought, but I want to hear what you have to say. I was gonna say Hound Dog. That, no, it's so Comic I would, Dog. I remember uh, a documentary on rock and roll once, and I vaguely remember Big Mama Thornton. Uh, Big Mama, what was her name? Thornton. Thornton. Yeah. Singing Hound Dog. Because I was surprised. Because I always thought it was an Elvis song. I, that's that's the reason why I, I feel comfortable confident about it is like he got it from somewhere else yeah and it and it i could see how it would be his uh his biggest song yeah but yeah i'm good with hound dog all right andy what did you say hound dog elvis presley and you guys said hound dog let's go to clip number six and see what the answer is you ain't nothing but a hound dog holy hell Wow, I really like that version. She's really awesome, but it was really <laughs> cool. <laughs> oh, she had a set of pipes on her. Let me tell you, yeah, it's a great, it's a better version than Elvis by far, in my book. Man. But it is Hound Dog. Well, let's go to famous covered songs number two. "Blinded by the Light" was a huge hit record for the group Manfred Mann's Earth Band in 1976. Who? wrote it and originally recorded it in 1973. Locked in. <laughs> I know he's wrapped up like a douche. You know, they're roller in. Deuce. Oh, <laughs> deuce? Deuce. I, I always thought it was douche. Do we get bonus it's points if we know the album? No. No. Rats. No. Rats. Just bring him an apple next time, Andy. Save yourself the trouble. Gosh. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing, Neil. Nope. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so then let me answer. <laughs> Please. All right. We're going to lock in with Flava Flav. I mean, could you, <laughs> could you at least answer with someone who wow. might have written a song before the 70s? Like in the early 70s? Oh, okay. Uh, we're going to lock in with um, Perry Como. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, I like Flavor Flav better. I was about to say, this is, this is a marginally worse answer. <laughs> marginally? That's oh, <laughs> credit. Just Perry wow. Como. <laughs> Andy, can you imagine Perry Como singing Blinded by the Light? No. Uh, but you okay. want to. No, 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 I don't. No, no you really don't. And, and actually, the person the person who wrote it didn't do it justice compared to Manfred Mann. Andy, why don't you tell us who wrote it? Strongly disagree, but I, I think when you hear it by the original artist, the song actually makes a little more sense. It's uh, off of Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey, Bruce Springsteen. Man, man, Bigelow? Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen wrote that song? Yeah. He did. All right. Very good. Question number three in the famous covered songs. 
1968, this very famous band released a single titled Black Magic Woman. It was written by Peter Green, and the version did not chart in the U.S. And in 1971, Carlos Santana's version of Black Magic Woman hit number four. Dang it. I know. I don't know where I'm going now. (laughs) Who, Who was the very famous originally recording band? And I do have an easy mode. I, for the longest, thought that this was a Santana original. Me too. Hmm. Did you lock in, Andy? I have not locked in yet, but uh, I'm going to take the easy mode because I've got nothing. This is one of those things like I'm completely clueless, but there's a small voice in my head saying, I know this, but I can't fathom what it is. So just just to clarify before before we go to the easy mode, did you say the band is famous, but their version of the song isn't necessarily famous? Is that what that you That is exactly what I said. Yeah, yes. I, I have no idea. And nothing. The easy mode... And I'll even give you full credit if you guys get it. Uh, I won't even count it as an easy mode. Peter Green was a founding member of this English band who recorded the 1968 release. But he is not one of the better known members of this band. I definitely don't you, know. You, know. you know the other members of the band, yeah. I assure you. Oh. I'm, I'm locked in with the easy mode with a total... Guess, but honestly, I was going with sexual chocolate if I didn't come up with anything. So I decided long ago. (laughs) Uh, So we know the name. So I'm I'm actually going to we'll call it a we'll call it a British, somewhat American band. Not British, particularly particularly when Peter Green was. It was it was a predominantly British band because that's before the correct. Yeah. Oh, so, um, well, Andy liked that, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. David, what were you thinking? I, I stick to the st- Rolling Stones. Okay. Now, when he said uh, English American band, aren't most of the people in Fleetwood Mac British? Yeah. Well, one, two, three of them. Yeah. Until Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham joined. Yeah. Yeah. I could see, I could see Fleetwood Mac doing that song it's kind of their their style yeah and mm. based on other clues like you know all the other members that would fit and yeah. i really have no other no <laughs> other guess well let's go with fleetwood mac Andy? or randy watson <laughs> <laughs> and the sexual chocolate it could be that too it's fleetwood mac damn <laughs> <laughs> it, it is Fleetwood Mac. Very good pull, Kels. Wow. Oh good God. job, Kels. Yeah, good job, Kels. All right. Question number four in the famous covered songs. This number one hit record was released in the summer of 1960 and again mm. re-released in the winter of 61. It is the only song to hit the U.S. number one chart twice with the identical version. Name this very famous song. And I, I do have an easy mode. I, wow. I will give you a clue. The song spurred an early 60s craze. Yeah, I'm locked in. 60s craze? Andy, what were you kids doing back then? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> so the the craze thing mm-hmm. uh, makes me think of the twist. 
but I have no idea if that was a cover or if it charted twice. Say the twist. Why not, man? Let's do the twist. You know, the children are our future. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Andy, you seem to have uh, locked in early. Yeah, it's the twist. All right. (laughs) Yeah, it's a twist. You guys pulled another one. Yeah, you sure did. Pulled another one. The song was originally written by Hank Ballard and recorded with his group, The Midnighters. And it was spurred not only the the craze, but more than 50 song titles with the word twist in it in the early 60s. Um, It was everybody wanted to copy the twist. Very good. Well, give us an update on the score there, Neil, after round five. Well, if I did it right, Andy has 170. And the rest of us have 150. Okay, Ooh. pulling away. So let's go to Hodgepodge. No rock and roll trivia quiz would be complete without mentioning the king, Elvis Presley. Or the For queen. Five points each. How many Elvis Presley songs charted on the Hot 100 and oh. within 10? And within two, how many songs did he have number one hits? What the fart? See this, and I—I'm I, a straight up guys. This is the kind of stuff I don't have a clue on. Well, um, I'm locked in. Okay, I think the second one. I think he had over. He had around twenty number one hits. Sounds good to me. Because didn't Beyonce just break a record on that here recently? Yeah, it's, but I, yeah, I Elvis can't, was up there. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember the number, but yeah. So let's do the round. Let's do round number 20. And as far as Elvis songs in the Hot 100. All of them. Within 10, all of them. Just X. That's our answer. X. I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, I would say a big number and that'd be like shortchanging it by a lot. Knowing I feel like if no matter what number we say, we're going to shortchange it because he was just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how how... What percentage of his hits do you think got to number one? Like 10%, 20%, 30%, 50%? My thought to be safe was 20%. So that would be, if we're guessing 200 or 20 there, then it would be 100. 100 top 100, top 100 songs? That seems high. I mean, it's a round that, number. They don't have to hit number. number one. I mean. That yeah, could be a number 98. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that popular, but it charted. Because I imagine he had like five or six at a time on the charts at all times. Yeah. You know? So. So let's just make it. You want to just do round? 20 and 100? Yeah. Well, flip flip that, but yeah. Yeah, 100 songs in the top 100 and 20 number ones. Andy, what did you say? I said 15 number ones and 35 top 100. Okay. And you guys said 120. Mm Mm-hmm. So the actual Billboard 100 started in 58. So some of his original songs didn't qualify, but would have. So Wikipedia said the answer, and I'm going to use that, is 91. So you guys. Wow. I I just have have no sense of that kind of thing. All right. How many number one songs did he have? You guys also got it. He had 18. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. 
to question number two. All right. And there's a clue in here. Lorne Green was a megastar in 1964. He recorded a number one hit on the Billboard charts with a song about a gunfighter named Johnny. Johnny's last name, not his first name, was a one-word title of the song. What was Johnny's last name? And I'll even give you the easy mode without even penalizing you. Johnny's last name came to prominence not from this song, but by another means around the same time. Johnny's last name in Japanese means apple. Can, can I throw out the guess for this one? Oh, you got it, Kells. Unless your guess is Johnny Five, in which case He's I wanted to say that. <laughs> no, that's not my guess. We can lock in then? Well, we can lock in so yeah. Andy can talk it out. Yeah, to himself. <sighs> I just can't. I can. I can. <laughs> Never walk in anyone's shadow. If I fail, if I succeed. You can't take away my dignity. All right, you know what? Because great Kells wins. I got nothing. <laughs> Love of all. Appleseed. I got nothing. <laughs> Johnny Appleseed. Uh, all right. And uh, what what say you, trio of great minds? Well, I couldn't get past Johnny Ringo, so I'm going to stick with Johnny Ringo because I like Johnny Ringo. Dang it. Why don't you play clip number nine there? He lay face down on the desert sand, clutching a six-gun in his hand. Shot from behind, I thought he was dead, for under his heart was an ounce of lead. But a spark still burned, so I used my knife, and late that night, I saved the life of Ringo. (laughs) (laughs) Johnny Ringo! Ringo. Oh, wow. I asked that question specifically for you as a Beatle reference. And I even said he was a mega star, figuring that was a hint. <laughs> oh. oh, he just liked the breadcrumbs. Is out there. Wow. All right. Question number three. 1960, despite incredible popularity of rock and roll, an orchestra band leader, an odd battle leader at that, had a number one hit record with an instrumental called Calcutta. Name this popular but odd band leader. Locked in. I have an easy mode if you'd like. Was it? Wait a minute. Was it Herb Albert? Oh, that might be too early for Herb Albert. And and the Tijuana Brass. And the Tijuana Brass. <laughs> <laughs> so it's too old for like the the classics guys, right? Like the Glenn Millers and yeah. Said he was odd. What do what odd means? Is that a clue? Uh-huh. Yeah. What qualifies a band leader as odd? I mean, the only the only big band that I know of after like those those Glenn Millers and Benny Goodmans and those guys is uh, Lawrence Welk. Let's do Lawrence Welk then. He's kind of a weird dude, right? (laughs) It's got to be Lawrence Welk. It's got to be Andy. Andy's upset. (laughs) Yeah, we're gonna do Lawrence Welk. Andy, what the what do you say? And a one, uh, and a two, uh, and a three. Uh, Lawrence Welk. Wonderful. Well, the wonderful. band leader had a prima time show from 1951 to 82. I remember he, watching the show with my grandparents. It was on oh, yeah. Sunday evenings. Yep. It was. His I famous champagne music. 
And he's from my home state of North Dakota. It was Lawrence Welk. Good pool, guys. You guys are... Yeah, All great right. pool, guys. Last Thanks. question. <laughs> All right. Good job, Davo. Last question, and it is a quintessential music trivia question. Uh-oh. Who was the first artist to perform at Woodstock in August of 1969? His biggest career hit was a cover of a Beatles song. Name this artist. Locked in. Well, I have a 10-point bonus. Well, okay. His set at Woodstock included three Beatles covers. Yeah. Name any, any two for five points each as a bonus. Wow. Gotcha. So I know who the first person to play at Woodstock was, but I didn't know of any particular, I didn't know he did a Beatles cover. Well, let's just go with the burning hand, as it were. You want to guess two songs? Why not? So Andy, Andy's locked in, I know, because he yep. knows Woodstock. Um, Richie yeah. Havens was the first person to sing at Woodstock. Okay. So... So sixty nine, right? So the Beatles were mostly over. So you could just pick any any Beatles song, I guess. So you, we could name any any one for a bonus. Is that what any, any five points for any each two. of the, any of the three? Oh yeah, any, any two of the three. How two about three. Uh, Hey Jude? Hey Jude's a good one. Oh hey Blackbird, Jude. sure Blackbird mm, and Blackbird. Why not? Surely Richie Havens wouldn't have covered like Revolution Nine, <laughs> <laughs> or or just Revolution. I'm not even sure that album was out yet, which actually I think is the album that has Blackbird in it. So, mm. I I can't help you guys. Okay, you're gonna, you're gonna have to do this without me. <laughs> Andy, were you at Woodstock? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 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 we're going to say Richie Havens and for the three songs we're going to go with uh, Hey Jude, Eleanor Rigby, Ooh. and uh Maxwell Silverhammer. Oh, okay. Wow. Andy. <laughs> what did you yeah, say yeah, at that point? <laughs> um wow. Wow. That's the first one in the game on a douchey note. Um, (laughs) It's it's Richie Havens, and in the most famous, you know, his most famous Woodstock performance is is Here Comes the Sun. Um, And this gets tricky because Richie Havens is one of those performers that covers a lot. Uh, Yes, he did. He he covered. uh, he even covered Beatles solo stuff. He does Working Class Hero. Um, he does at least two McCartney songs. And I've and so I start, I have a two-column list of Beatles songs I know he did. And on the right, I have so in other words, here are the songs I wrote down that I know he does, but I don't think he did at Woodstock. Which are with a little help from my friends, Strawberry Fields and Rocky Raccoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe at Woodstock, besides Here Comes the Sun, he also did In My Life and Eleanor Rigby. Hey Jude came out after Woodstock. Mm. Andy? Yes? You should have gone with your first two, 
because he did cover, with a little help from my friends, Damn. Strawberry Fields Forever, and he blended it into Hey Jude. Really? So Hey Jude had, wow. yes, hey Jude had been hey released Jude in had, England. What? It had hit yes. by then. I'll be yes, it has. not. <laughs> so is that 15 for Andy then? It is. Uh, no, it is 10 for Andy <sighs> because he missed the bonuses. And you you guys got uh, Hey Jude for five points. Are you going to deduct plus. points, though, for the Maxwell Silver Hammer Slam? <laughs> that was just, he, he knew he was being a dick, and he just did it anyway. <laughs> He's not being a gentleman. This is a gentleman's sport. And and this is not the uh, Richard by any other name is a dick uh, section, so <laughs> we, we, we can't take off any points. Okay, rats. <laughs> But, Neil, you can tell us what the score is after the regular rounds. <sighs> okay, so was that one where where he had to get all the bonuses, but we got partial credit? No, he got no points, and you got five points for Hey Jude. Oh, that's great. So you, you, right. got, you got 15, he got 10. Okay. Well, in that case, the final scores are Andy with 190 and the rest of us with 195. Whoa! <laughs> Oh. Thank you, Hey Jude. Yeah. Wow, that's something I never thought I'd hear you say. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, if we're ready, let's go to the final question. Here we go. And a very tight race. There are 26 two-time inductees into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, either as part of a group inducted or solo. The first 21 included three of the Beatles, and Ringo became the 20th or 21st. The first two-time winner came in 1988, and the last, which was in 2015, the 21st and 20th and 21st, was 2015. Name any of the other 17 two-time Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, of course, excluding the Beatles. Now, I have an extra 10-point bonus if you can name the only three-time Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee. While these nincompoops think of some answers, why don't you sit back, crack open a cold one, and listen to these messages. In 1957, Laika became the first animal to orbit Earth. What kind of animal was Laika? What is the only team in the Big Four North American Sports Leagues which shares its name with one of the Avengers? And here's one more question for you. Are you the type of person who enjoys playing trivia games, learning new things, and having a bit of fun along the way? If you are, or if you just want to find out the answers to those other questions, then our podcast, Quiz and Hers, might be right up your alley. Each week, one of us writes new trivia questions for the other person, covering everything from science to history to pop culture to sports. And every question in a game relates to some theme, like Game of Thrones. Internet memes sandwiches, or animals in space. Some of the themes make more sense than others. So if you like trivia, learning, or real couples testing each other's knowledge and patience, check out our podcast, Quiz and Hers, part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Quiz and Hers, the trivia podcast where we test each other's knowledge and the strength of our relationship. Did you enjoy that cold one? They're back now. Okay, I have a bonus. That's easy. So if we use the if we use the three time as the bonus, we can't use it as one of the others, huh? You can. Oh. Yeah, it is. It's included. He was actually the ninth. I 
I'm trying to think if I can ask this question without giving things away. When you say inducted twice, yeah. it's not necessarily because they're in a band and then as a solo. It could be correct. Okay, it could be. Let's leave it at that. Bands. All right. Oh, this is easy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've got five. I think. How you doing, Neil? I got six so far. So we're gonna wait for Andy to lock in, right? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. we'll okay, just compile our list. Okay. In that case, can I go more than ten? Nope. Nope. Damn. I'm locked in. All right. Okay. So, Kells, what do you have? Jimmy Page. Yeah, I got him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is what I have. Well, that's good. This is what I have. Uh, Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Carol King. She was in a. Uh, oh, never mind. It's a, as a songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. Crosby from like well, David no, Crosby. He said. He said uh, as part of a. It's, it's, solo are, they, are these all performers and and i'm I'll, i only want the there's actually i should have said there's actually 20 what 26 but i only am considering the first this is pre um 2015 okay so i don't want anything current yeah, okay let's, let's take carol king off just okay uh david crosby okay yeah that okay. makes sense neil young eric clapton I thought he's Eric the three-time guy. What now? He's, he's the time? Eric Clapton is the three-time. Well, there you go. He was with the the Yardbirds, Cream, and Solo. I just had Cream. I didn't forgot about the Yardbirds. I had Cream and him by himself. You had Jimmy Page. How'd you forget the Yardbirds? Huh. Speaking of the Yardbirds, uh, Jeff Beck might be on there too. I also put Phil Collins. Mm. So do with that list what you will. <laughs> I'm assuming Neil is the official compiler of your list. Yes. I trust no one else with it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here's the list so far. Eric Clapton for the bonus. I think Jeff Beck, Peter Gabriel, Michael Jackson, Stevie Nicks, Jimmy Page, Paul Simon, Tina, Crosby, Young, not Nash, but Phil Collins. Okay. I didn't, I didn't know what the I was hung up on Michael Jackson because I didn't know what the Jackson Five would have would have been. Surely, surely the Mike, the Jackson Five were in there, right? You would think that. Oh, I I definitely think that. I just worry. I'm a worry. <laughs> so is that ten? Well, I'm sorry. Does does uh, the Eric Clapton one count? As one of the ten? Yes, it does. Yes. Okay. Yes, it does. In that case, I'm going to suggest taking either Phil Collins or Peter Gabriel off, even though Genesis is my favorite. But you, Well, you know, let's leave Peter Gabriel in, because I know how you feel about Genesis post-Gabriel. <laughs> it's really post-80s, post, post uh, 80, like early 80s. Yeah. So let's just leave Peter Gabriel. Okay. Okay. So, so our official list then is Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck, Peter Gabriel, Michael Jackson, Stevie Nicks, Jimmy Page, Paul Simon, Tina Turner. I keep wanting to say Bill Crosby. Bill Crosby. Bill Crosby. <laughs> <laughs> so David Crosby and Neil Young. All right. So what you just read them off and we'll check them off. Got it. Andy, um, you will we'll trust you with your list here. Number okay. 21 was Ringo. Number 20 was Lou Reed. 
God is part of the Velvet Underground and as a solo artist. Hmm. Number 19 in 2014 was Peter Gabriel in Genesis and as a solo artist. Number 18 was Ron Wood. He was with Faces um, and, well, Small Faces and The Stones. Number 17. Number 17, Rod Stewart. And his face, faces in solo. Number 16, Graham Nash. Oh, come on. As Crosby shows in Nash. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Serious. Love um, Graham Number Nash. 15 was a guy that I've not heard of, but his name is Sammy Strain from the OJs and Little Anthony and the Imperials. Mm. Okay. Number 14, Jeff Beck. Mm. Number 13 was George Harrison. Mm-hmm. Number 12 was Johnny Carter with part of the Flamingos and the Dells. Of course. And, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you got all of that. Oh, yeah. Number 11 was Paul Simon. Number got 10 it. was Michael Jackson. Got and number it. nine was the only three-time winner, inductee, Eric Clapton. Got it. Number nine was Paul McCartney. Number eight, Curtis Mayfield. And part of the impressions and as a solo artist. Mm-hmm. Number six was Neil Young. Got it. And number five was Steven Stills. What? Number four was Buffalo David Springfield. CSNY. Yep. David Crosby, of course. Yep. Yep. Number uh, three was Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page. And number two, John Lennon. And the first one was Clyde McFadder of the Drifters. Cool. Clyde McFadder, great. Oh, incredible voice. Yeah. If you've never oh, listened yeah. to Clyde McFadder. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Sure. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> we so did, wait a minute. Hold, 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 hold on. Okay. Back up. You've already confirmed earlier in the game that Carol King was a two-time winner. She she but she was after 2015. Oh bloody hell. <laughs> okay. I said the first. Name the ones before 2015. Tina Turner was after 2015 as well? Correct. Wait a minute. Graham Nash was. Graham Nash, the Hollies were, were came into the Hall of Fame super late. Didn't they? Well, no. They came it's in like in a... 2010. Oh, which is Graham super Nash. late, but I guess it has been 10 years now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll accept yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> so, Andy, how many did you get? Eight. Don't sound so down, Andy. God. Oh, I was go- I was going for a perfect game there in the end. Oh, uh, I figured you might get it, Neil. How many did you guys get? Uh, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <gasps> we pulled out the win. I think we did it. <laughs> uh, by we, I mean you guys. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, this one hurts. Well, the final score, uh, Neil, why don't you give it to us? By my count, including the 10-point bonus you said for the uh, Eric Clapton, I've got uh, 280 for Andy and 285 for the trio. I lost on Stevie Nicks and Carol King. Uh, We had Stevie Nicks and Tina Turner. Yeah. And those uh, were both, they were both 2021 inductees. Mm, that one stinks. So, and if you, if you include the last ones, by the way, 
2021 also included Dave Grohl. Uh, 2019 was Stevie Nicks. And 2017 was Greg Roll, uh, Santana hey, and Journey. Oh, Rolly, R O L L R R L O Yeah, L R O L I E. Can't say uh, I know who that is, but same. But we do have an incredible close game, and Andy, for taking it solo, I commend you. And well and done, guys. The rest of the guys, meaning including uh, Dave O. Uh, I said really Neil excellent work, Neil. Cal's impressive. Wait, I, Dave I was there. I contributed <laughs> two answers to the to the final answer. How many times Three. did you say Fab Five Freddy tonight? Twice. <laughs> yeah. Twice. Too and how many. many times was it correct? None. <laughs> and what was your other guess? Is. <laughs> well, so was I, another one I just too. I want to point out that if if Andy hadn't been held to a higher standard on the bonuses. I think he would have beat us by five points. Mm. It's all right. I don't mind being held to a high standard. That's how I live my life. Well, quite honestly, if we're going to get into brass tags, 280 uh-huh. is a great score. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a very good score. Solo. I mean, yeah. obviously, if this had been a one, one versus one versus one versus one, this would have been a very different story. <laughs> this would have been terrible. This would have been a nightmare. I wouldn't have charted it, basically. <laughs> Me either. I would. I think I would have gotten fifty total. Well, I was thinking you would have ended up with the same score as you did in the final version of the one tournament when you didn't play. But maybe that's not (laughs) common. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it would be bad. Excellent fun questions. A lot of very good job, guys. Yes. Yes. Thank you for the questions. The Zifu. You're welcome. You're welcome. I have lots uh, lots more uh, music questions to challenge you all with, and they will be from later if you ever want. Uh, hey, we'll do this again. Rock might, and roll era. So I might fare that, That's good. Yeah. So from all of us here at the Brain Ladle Trivia Podcast, this is your participatory <laughs> MC Davo <laughs> with Kells. Music makes the cloud flow by, baby. Yeah. Your music is my tears inside my eyes. <laughs> Andy. I said it before and I'll say it again. Hail, hail, rock and roll. So long, little brainers. The Sensei Neil. Did you know that in Penny Lane, there's a barber showing photographs of every head he's had the pleasure to know? We didn't in know that. What? The Sifu <laughs> Barry. So when I uh, had a rock and roll radio show, I always closed it with uh, may your memories never die and may you always rock and roll and remember. Good night, everybody. Signing off. Greetings. This is the Brain Ladle Lyric Bot 5000. You can reach us on Twitter at Ladle Brain. On Facebook at Brain Ladle Productions or on our website at brainladletrivia.com. You can join us on Patreon where a $10 donation will get you a show invite. I like big butts and I cannot lie. It is indeed Sam Cook. Who's Sam Cook? What did you say? Who is Sam? Nothing. Who is no, Sam I Cook? Say a lot of I didn't say anything. Table. What did you say? What the? I, no, I'm, oh. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Okay, yeah, because... Oh. <laughs>
I thought you'd well, ask who Sam Cooke was. And, no, I wouldn't ask something like that. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. well versed in the in the soulful music. Uh-huh. He's the guy that's saying a change is going to come. Oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fun fact: uh, Martin Lawrence was in Big Mama. <laughs> <laughs> Way to contribute, Dave. I like wow. that. <laughs> still here, guys. Almost forgot you were here. <laughs> yep, still here. <laughs> well, but was he Big Mama Thornton? No, just Big Mama. Yeah, Big Mama's Big house. Mama. Yeah. Did Did Big Mama have a last name? Uh, uh, Hattie Mae Pierce. <laughs> I know that because I saw okay. that movie a few times. Wow, Kells. I'm a Martin so Lawrence Kels, fan. Sue me. You take my joke, the only thing I can contribute, and make me look dumber <laughs> while you're doing it. <laughs> you know, Big Mama's name is Hattie Mae Pierce. Yeah, it's because when he's working on her voice, like he repeats it over and over again. That's the only reason I know it. That no, I oh, a few times. <laughs> a few times. Just a few. That almost ought to get you bonus points here, but no it won't, kidding. But it should. Oh, Come on, man. That's, that's a different show. Yeah. <laughs> that's the Mar- that's the Martin Lawrence episode. <laughs> the preceding podcast was presented by Brain Ladle Productions. All rights reserved.